0: Welcome to Rooted in Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith Reaching for community.
1: Hello again. Today I'm chatting with member Ross Martin about how the One World Coffee House concert series began, how it's evolved over time, and what the plan is for upcoming concerts. Ross also chats about his own creative process for writing music and performs a brand spanking new song to close today's episode. So hi Ross, it's great to see you again. Yes, it how nice are you? To see you,
0: I'm I'm doing really really well. I've got my first dose. I've got my second one ready for the sixth. I'm just so excited about that. And uh, it's spring and life is good. I'm in love. All those things.
1: I mean, being in love will really make life pretty beautiful. <laughs> it is. And during springtime, come on. Yes. After this year. Yes. Okay. So, our first question, and of course I started working at UCC when the pandemic started, and I don't know about One World Coffee House at all and obviously haven't caught a performance cuz there haven't been any. But I wonder what you can tell me about how how that started, how it got Oh,
0: like- yeah. One World Coffee House has been one of the lovely things I've been able to get involved in in my Four years at UCC. Um, it was started by Lauren Haywood um, back over twenty years ago. We actually had our twentieth anniversary in twenty nineteen, and um, had a kind of a special season for that. And then when I got involved, you know, it, it was uh, it was getting it was a little shaky. We you know Lauren was uh, retiring, and we have one of the best listening rooms around. Period. Um, and so we really you know sought to kind of in, up our game, if you will. Um, in the last few years, um, trying to get in better, you know, artists with a larger draw, really trying to improve our marketing and getting new volunteers to get involved. And, and that was all happening. We had gotten really organized with our contracting and with our outreach. And I had done a bunch of geeky things with creating, um, data driven contracts and looking at our tracking our numbers and all this stuff. And we had actually booked our entire 2020 season. In 2019, we were we were a year out, more than a year out, and we're already looking at 2021 when the pandemic hit. So it was really crushing to have done all that work and then have it you know go away. And we opted, you know, we talked a lot about well, do do we go virtual like some places are going? And and we're also sort of lightly affiliated with this regional focusmusic.org, music you know, organization that ha- um, supports a number of venues. Uh, and there was just they, they were doing virtual things and there were lots of virtual things going on. So it just seemed like one, one less thing to worry about for now. So we looked ahead and we are looking ahead. We are, we are having active conversations now about when we reopen. We do have a David Wilcox uh, concert that was rescheduled twice and is now scheduled for October of uh, this year. And we, we expect that will be our first event. And then probably not another one until January, just, just for planning purposes. But he's a large draw uh, artist that we have a great relationship with. And so um, it seems like a good way for us to, to launch the season and say we're, we're back in business at least for one, one show and then really looking to starting in January of 2021.
1: That seems very reasonable and smart. How do you recruit people? No, that's not a question. We we beg at every
0: Mm -hmm. single event. Uh, We say we have a lot of fun and you get, you know, you get to come to the shows and this podcast, of course, if anybody wants to support it, you know, you can reach out to me or Sarah or anybody on the team.
1: Yeah. So during the pandemic, you were able to set up this studio that you're in, that I can see you in, that no one else can see right now Yes. Um, for choir members to record to make these lovely virtual chalice choir videos for our Sunday services. Yes. How did this setup come to be, and what's it been like recording in the studio and being able to see some of our congregants in this setting?
0: It has been one of one of the greatest blessings of the pandemic for me, and I think for many of the people who got to come here. Yeah, this is we I call it Panda Mike Studio. That's spelled pandemic with some spaces, and but it's panning the microphone. If you know what that means, left to right, is panning the microphone in stereo. And it just seemed a clever way to name it for the, for the occasion. Uh, so this space, um, this, this place I'm living in, this little cottage, is on the Lumen's property, uh, uh, members of UUCC. Mm-hmm. And, and in the 70s, Larry Luhmann now passed away. He was a voiceover actor, and he turned it into a studio put in all this beautiful wood paneling, not the kind of stuff you had in in your house in the 70s in the basement, but really nice um, uh, cherry and and, uh, oak paneling all over the place. Um, So it feels, I tell people I live in a ski lodge at a summer camp is what it feels like. (laughs) Um, But I got to turn this back into a studio again. And the room that I'm in right now speaking to you is the engineering room for the studio. And through these windows, I've got a double paned window that, you know, this big wall that. Almost the entire wall is uh, covered with this window that looks into the recording room. And as it happened, um, the this room, this recording room has its own entrance and its own hair, air handling unit. So I realized early on in the p- pandemic that I could use it to record people safely. They could actually walk in and we didn't have to have any contact at all. And I ran cabling through the wall where there had been cabling before uh, and was able to video people and record people safely from a distance. Uh, So I proposed that to Michael and Laurie, um, who has been doing all the editing. We developed a system for me putting these videos together and these audio pieces together. And then she does all the editing. She makes all the magic happen. But I give her high quality stuff. So it's just been, it's been almost a year since I've been here. And it has been the most wonderful space to be in. And I really owe it to the community of UUCC knowing my needs before I even recognized them. And that's just par for the course of this place.
1: Yeah. Um, so Ross, you're a musician yourself. I know we've been yeah. talking about music and you're holding a guitar, which no one else can see. <laughs> yeah. Um, And you're a songwriter. What got you into music and what is your creative process like? Uh,
0: yeah. Music has always, I grew up in, in choirs and church and school and, Uh, So I was always singing and I just happened to be, my, my family wasn't musical, but my sister and I were both, I have an older sister, two years older. We both just happened to be musical. And my mom was really creative. She was a very clever lyricist. She would write parodies of songs all the time for occasions, just for little things, you know, somebody's birthday or some charity fundraiser or just something fun. And I guess I started writing songs early because I didn't know it was supposed to be hard because I saw my mom doing it relatively effortlessly. She passed about three years ago and I um, was fine, you know, riffling through some old sheets of lyrics that she had typed out. And I realized like her, you know, my process is writing is rewriting you, you, you write something and then you tweak it to And so I would see in the margins, you know, crossing things out. And I saw that she did take pains to make it good. She wasn't necessarily a, a musician, but she really was a, she was a, a very fine lyricist. So that got me started early. And, and for me, songwriting is how I process my stuff. I love that there are other, like Laura Solomon and others who write, um, write so beautifully about their stuff. And I, I'm, that's what I do. I, I, I need it. It's, it's a survival mechanism as much as it is anything else. And I gravitate toward musicians and songwriters who do the same, who write about real things, not just things that are radio friendly.
1: Ross, so you're holding that guitar. Mm. <laughs> Might you play a little tune for? Play us out. This guy. I would love to play us out.
0: Um, I'm gonna, you know, another like a lot of people. A lot of things are canceled. I was supposed to take my two act musical. Um, Miss Isabella Rainsong and her traveling companion, www.missrainsong.com. I was supposed to take that on tour in 2020. And of course, everything got canceled. And I'm going to be doing it in a couple of weeks in Connecticut for a friend who, um, he's a physician who is into astral photography. He does a lot of, he'll go out in the middle of the night in a field and Take these, you know, multi-layered images, and then go process them on his computer, and make these incredible images of galaxies and and nebula and stuff. He just does amazing work. He got uh, COVID really bad several months ago, to the point that he had to be in bed for over a month. And his kids got it, and they got sick. And his wife had health issues, and so she needed to quarantine away from them, so couldn't really help take care of him. And his his synagogue up in Connecticut. Just stepped in and took over their lives for a while without even, without hesitating. And, and so he wanted to do something to thank them and he was thinking of different ways. And he decided he loves my show. And he said, he asked me if I would come up and perform the show for them. And I was delighted to do that. And I've always wanted to do this thing where in the second act I do a, a custom song just for that show and make it like it was built into the show and it's just for them. So, you know, this this song is called Um How Beautiful the Universe. And it's uh the Hebrew for that is Kama Yafeh Holam. And that's what this song is about. And and just the caveat is this is brand spanking new and I didn't rehearse it before we got on. So we'll see what happens.
1: Before you do that. I just want to thank you so much for, for chatting with me today.
2: The night is quiet still, even the wind and clouds have gone. Here in this field I'm chilled to the bone, but I am not alone. For tonight, my companions are the stars. For tonight, I'm communing with Saturn's rings, the moons of Mars. Tonight, I'm with my friends. Though so they be miles and miles from me tonight, I'm swimming in this sea I see. How beautiful the universe Hamaya Fe Holam How beautiful the universe Hamaya Fe Holam The Night is quiet. I am deathly ill. Even my family has gone. Here in my bed, I'm chilled to the bone. Still I am not alone. For tonight, my friends don't stay away. For tonight, They help in ways I can't repay night after night. All my friends, keep returning faithfully tonight. I'm swimming in this love I see. Science says we all are made of stardust. The stars of old are woven in our souls. So everything we do and say is tied into the universe. Every loving deed, a thread in the tapestry. The night is quiet. is still even the wind and clouds have gone here in this field i'm chilled to the bone yet i am not alone for tonight my companions are the stars for tonight I'm communing with Saturn's rings, the moons of Mars. Tonight, I'm with my friends. They're all standing here with me tonight. I'm swimming in this love, I see. But oh, how much more beautiful I learned the universe could be the night the stardust came to me. How beautiful the universe! Chama'yaf e'cholam How beautiful the universe, the night it came to me.
1: Thank you for listening in and thank you Ross for the chat and the song. See you all next week.